0: Hello fellow nerds. Check out our network site nerdsloth.com. You can also connect with us on social media like the Facebook, the Twitter, and the Instagram. If you like what you hear,
1: look for Nerdsloth on Patreon and consider donating to help us continue delivering quality shows straight to your ears. If you'd like to help the shows out for free, head over to iTunes and write a heartfelt review. I mean it, make me cry happy tears. But seriously though, anything you can do really helps us out and we love you for it.
0: Nicolas Cage is kind of our mascot. <laughs> I think he's Hollywood's mascot, <laughs> right? Because the guy is completely unhinged, and like, I don't think he's acting anymore. I think they're basically having him show up on set and just reacting.
1: I think he just hits the long ball every single time. You know, he goes for the home run every single time. You know, if you pick up a, a face off, you know, and he'll make these these weird facial gestures, and you're like no human being does that but yet he pulls it off but then again he could do very something very subtle like national treasure and he doesn't have to do anything you know it's i don't know i guess what the what the role calls for you know it's either be wacky uh, nicholas cage or gone in 60 seconds where i'm like okay i could just be cool cool nicholas cage you know I, i don't know
0: See, I feel like he needs to switch it up. Like, could you imagine, like, Wicker Man, Nicolas Cage, and National Treasure? <laughs> that level of insanity.
1: He'd be definitely locked up. You're like, <laughs> he, there's a map on the Constitution, and you're acting like that. Yes. No, we're putting handcuffs on you, there'd be no sequel. Yeah, I think you're right.
0: Or it would be the best sequel because it's like, look, if you found out that all this stuff was like, you know, secretly embedded in United States history, like part of you would kind of have to just be like, holy shit, but like, there'd at least be a solid, maybe a couple of hours where you're just so flabbergasted, where every time you look at like the crew, you're like, can you guys believe this shit? Like, this is crazy. you're not excited? <laughs> like in a movie like that. It'd almost be like, um, what's the other one with Tom Hanks Da Vinci Code? They're way too okay with what's happening. Like, you're basically finding out there's like this entire conspiracy in both the government, the politics, and the religion. And you're like, all right, cool, let's, let's do this. I'm like, no, like that would, there's got to be at least a solid several minutes to maybe even a couple of hours of you just being like, wait, wait, how? What, 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 what's happening? Yeah, I, I, yeah, you know,
1: I, I think movies just take, you know, you have to suspend reality because you're actually watching a movie. And sometimes Hollywood just kind of like, look, this is what it is. You know, we're not going to give you like that, that you know, five, six days of complete bullshit, you know, because in reality, it wouldn't work. You're absolutely 100% correct.
0: He's just sitting at the edge of his like bed in the hotel, just getting hammered because like he can't comprehend the fact that up, up to that point, his entire life's a lie. <laughs> 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 Hey guys, look at the Adrian has issues This show. I already know I'm going to have a bunch of fun because even before we got started, we've been just chatting, kind of catching up because, well, today's guest, um, as it turns out, lives about 20 minutes away from me. And it's something I didn't even know until what, a couple of minutes ago cuz I thought you lived further away but uh yeah it's sad cuz it's like I do podcasts so long and then I realize that you know these are actual people and I have the ability to like visit them and possibly even hang out with them and I'm like nah I'd rather just come on a podcast if you weren't safe I don't know <laughs> oh but he is a not only a podcast fan but he's also a podcaster himself and you've heard him on such shows as the dave podcast which we were both uh guests on and uh, you've actually you're, you're kind of pretty much like a, a regular at this point on the mr bs show if i'm not mistaken right because at this point you're a part of that crew
1: you know i i'm a professional guest
0: those are the best that, those, that's great it's kind of like the hollywood squares like you know the game show circuits back in like the 70s and 80s <laughs> wow wow what a reference <laughs> That's awesome. But you know what I'm talking about, right? There's always like those guys or like those women who, you know, for a fact that all they did was game shows and they made their careers that way. Cause you knew when you saw them, it's like, all right, I saw this guy have like three shows last week. This is going to be a good time.
1: <laughs> Am I the Jim J. Bullock of podcasting? Cause goddamn, that'd be great. All
0: right. There you go. He's the Jim J. Bullock of <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> Jeez,
1: that- Nobody knows who Jim J. Bullock is except for me.
0: That is a deep reference. And again, I think that's we're gonna, a
1: deep cut.
0: We're going to have a good time. This is going to be great.
1: Everybody now Google it. <laughs> we'll pause right now and Google all it. Right. You're like that
0: guy. Yeah. Tell yeah, you what. Me. <laughs> all right. I'll start now. 30 seconds and go. All right, you back? You good? You Googled it? Cool. But anyway, that guy, that's who I'm talking to today, Mike Driscoll. Welcome to the show, man. How's it going?
1: Thank you so much. Uh, Everything's going really, really well. I'm I'm honored to be on.
0: And I'm honored to have you on. There's a a few followers that I have where it's like, we're pretty close and we have all this connecting tissue, like the six degrees of separation. But then it's like, okay, so wait, wait, why haven't they been on the show? So when the opportunity came up, it's like, we have to do this. I'm going to be completely like a, a hipster d about this, but the two of us, like I mentioned at the top of the show, is that we were both guests on the short-lived, but I'm going to just flat out say Legendary Dave podcast.
1: Absolutely legendary.
0: Okay, for those of you who may not know, this was what, last summer, if I'm not mistaken? yes. All right. So let's see. Some of you may know from his internet handle, Green Korean on Twitter. Uh, he and, uh, his co-host, Octopus Caveman. Well, both of them are podcasters of their own. Uh, Green Korean is the host of the Faces and Aces podcast and Octopus Caveman. I believe I know he does a few of them, but the one I know him from is, uh, getting fucked up with Octopus Caveman. The two of them were very good friends. And I think I can't remember what episode of the show they told a the story, but they were going to do a podcast together. I think it was an about batman or something like that but during the discussion they had this joke about how funny would it be if they decided to get together and just do a podcast about famous people named dave yeah and sure enough for like what it was only what maybe 20 something episodes
1: yeah it was very short-lived
0: but yeah like they basically talked you know about different daves well very loosely because then there was a say your episode was dave collier from um, full house Full House, right? And mine was Dave Grawl from Foo Fighters and Nirvana. But what was great about the show is, even though it was supposed to be about like certain Daves, it was like balls-to-the-wall just insanity, because conversations went up, down, left, right, very unpredictable, just kind of very off-the-cuff, but insanely funny. Yes. Sometimes just completely inappropriate, but it was just this flash in a pan brilliant show that was just too good to kind of just go on.
1: Funny story, I was supposed to be the next co-host of the Dave podcast. Wait, what? This is exclusive. A lot of people don't know this. I was supposed to be the next co-host. Chris Kim was supposed to go off due to confliction with, you know, life gets in the way. And they asked me to be a co-host. And um, because me and Octopus Caveman had such good chemistry. And probably because I was the only schmuck that didn't have a podcast. I think that's where it was. (laughs) so he's like let's get this sucker he, he's got nothing to do um so yeah they asked me and i was like look I- i'm flattered i just can't do it that's literally replacing eric stoltz with michael j fox i was like oh wait a minute that actually worked <laughs> oh,
0: son of a <laughs> bitch <laughs> oh god that screen test is probably one of the most legendarily awful things ever
1: so, yeah, I didn't take it. i you know I, I do my own thing. I'm a professional guest, like I said, and I, that's my comfort zone. yeah, you guys work way too hard for for
0: podcasting. maybe we do, but I think that's kind of the fun of it because I don't know what I would have done without this. My guest a j Schumacher and I we were talking about like Back when we were kids, um, me and my cousins and my sister would get together because we'd always hang out on weekends. Um, We had, like, a a tape recorder and blank tapes, and essentially we would record our own radio show. Mm Mm-hmm. And we would actually have segments. we do news, which I don't know what news like uh, a five-, six-year-old kid could possibly do. But um, we used to do, like, pretend to have, like, man-on-the-street interviews. And we'd have, like, President's Day specials. We had our own sign-off song that we would sing live. You know,
1: that's awesome.
0: And it's like, I realized, I'm like, we kind of probably started podcasting before it kind of became a thing. And I don't know where those tapes are, but this is something that I think I've been doing my entire life, but... Now that it's actually a thing and it's work, it's still fun, but trust me, being a guest is awesome. It's essentially you're crashing someone else's house, and you're just putting your feet up and (laughs) raiding their fridge. Like, it's great.
1: Wow. (laughs) I I never put it, I never thought of it that way.
0: Sorry, I just equated guesting on podcasts to, like, possible home invasion. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I guess what
1: guess if it's not catch a predator,
0: I think we're okay. Yeah, I was gonna say I think that's the <laughs> only time where not being on a show is perfectly okay. But actually come kind of to think about it, like I said, you got you're pretty much well cemented with the Mr. BS family.
1: Yeah, it was very, very strange. I actually it happened sometime maybe a year or two years ago. We met through Twitter, you know, it was uh, you know, Steve Kilsante, Ryan Bennell, and Matt Siebert. I love those guys very, very much. They really brought me into their fold really, really quickly, and um, to to my I'm still surprised to this day um, because I I just feel like I'm like I should be on a podcast to this day I still have the like the jitters or something like that but like yeah I'm still not comfortable with it but um yeah they brought me to the fold and they're like yeah be part of our family and it's a great show and they're they're just silly as hell. And I just come on whenever I feel like it. And they're like, yeah, let's just party. But how, how it all started was I came kind of through the side door because we met through Twitter. And I know Steve's from Buffalo and Ryan and Matt are from uh, Colorado. And uh, I think it was uh, Jimmy V, Big Daddy Jimmy V on Twitter. He was like, oh, you know, great show, guys. I'm like, dude, you got to put this guy on. I'm like, he's gold. And they're like oh yeah you want to be on the show too and i was like um okay so here (laughs) i am trying to promote someone else and i get invited on at the same time so it was purely by happenstance and we gelled and you know the rest is history i I met a lot of a lot of new friends like we mentioned chris kim and octopus caveman uh big day jimmy v i mean i'm just gonna you know completely mark out and you know name drop but um Yeah. And then I met you. So yeah, I mean, Twitter is just a a beautiful medium where you can actually invite total strangers and just automatically become friends.
0: Yeah. And I, I can honestly say that a, a lot of my friends are on Twitter. Some I eventually met in person. Uh, one of them actually started dating, which is actually how uh, my, uh, my girlfriend Eileen and I met. We were both Coheed and Cambria fans that met through a group of people who basically came together over time to just talk about how much we love the band. And next, thing you know, we started hanging out. And next, thing you know, like we're in a relationship and it's crazy. Like, I never would have thought that that was a thing that could happen before Twitter. So which is why I've become that person who, you know, when people start demonizing social networking, I'll be like, "I'll oh, have you know that, you know, <laughs> I just get like really just super jerky about it and be like, yeah, you know what? It's given me so much. And maybe to the every person like that sounds really lame, like, you have all these friends online, the but you don't have any person. I'm like, well, shut up. I'm talking to a guy who's 20 minutes away, so I could hang out if I wanted to, but, you know, <laughs> it's an option. It's an option, sure, you know, just, it's the gas money, that's what it is. <laughs> oh, my, oh, okay, let's not even talk gas money in Long Island, all right? Because, <laughs> okay, what happened? Like, I know spring break is going to be, well, next week, or well, next week of this recording. What the frig? Like, did they literally just jump up almost an entire dollar?
1: Look, after a while, it was up to almost five bucks. So where it is right now, I'm like, oh, just just please just just don't go back. Just don't go back to five dollars. It was crazy. Yeah, man. Where you're literally like, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to literally walk to work.
0: Well, your job's also 20 minutes away.
1: <laughs> My job is actually 10 minutes away.
0: You'll hopefully understand my gripes. Cause like I said, I I came from the wonderful wasteland that is northeastern New Jersey, born and raised. You know, I I still claim Patterson is my hometown, which I guess now that we have some, uh, a famous rapper that came out of there, it's like, I don't feel as bad about it. But again, that's where I'm from. But then I came out here. I'm still annoyed at the fact that. At least we're in my area. There's no fucking sidewalks. Like, because every so often, the few times I am actually out of the house, like I'm walking, and it's like you know, I like being on sidewalks, and it'll be one for maybe half a block. It'll stop. Mm -hmm. It's grass, and then I look across the street. The sidewalk continues on the other end, so I have to keep jumping back and forth like a game of Frogger, (laughs) trying to like figure out how to get home.
1: Yeah, there's certain things you just can't explain when it comes to Long Island. It's a place where it's not complete. The streets are not complete. There's potholes everywhere. Uh, you can't find a decent piece of pizza. And I'm like, You're, we're from New York. This is what we do. There's certain things about Long Island you just we farm and I yeah, it's it's a hodgepodge of just and it's expensive as hell.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You know what? I kn- I know places. I figured like okay. Maybe, you know, it's going back to, of course, Faces and Aces, like, you know, I hear, of course, Chris's stories about Vegas, and I think of, okay, living near the Strip would probably be pretty expensive, but at least it's a place where it's, like, there's gambling, there's entertainment, there's lights, there's a whole tourist attraction around it. So, yeah, living there would be expensive. Other than the Hamptons, which I didn't even want to go to because now that I'm in a relationship, going to the Hamptons basically means one of your spouses is going to get killed if you watch the news enough. <laughs> 'Cause it's like every time you watch like Datelines like murder in the Hamptons, like, why would I want to go there? That's the only thing around here in Long Island other than maybe like the Paramount that I would visit and one of us could die.
1: Yeah, the Hamptons are overrated. Way overrated. I used to go there. I mean, I not saying, Oh, I am, you know, Buffy and Muffy and stuff like that, but I've been there and I'm like it's just it's ridiculous. You know? Everyone thinks like, Oh, I'm gonna meet Puff Daddy or P Diddy, whatever he's freaking calling his name, or or <laughs> Billy Joel, or you know whoever. And I'm like, they go there and they hide. Yeah, it's exactly what they want. What they want to do, they they hide because they don't want people seeing them.
0: <laughs> they want. They don't want people to know that they're in Long Island.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jerry Seinfeld. They, you know, yeah, they don't want you there.
0: And I, I did realize I got—I almost got my ass kicked when I was still dating a while I was uh, living in Jersey. And I made the mistake of being at a bar and letting it slip that I was not a big Billy Joel fan. And I feel like all of Long Island basically just turned its head at the exact same moment to be like, we need to get this guy out of here.
1: Record scratch. Yeah. You know, people <laughs> snapping their necks right off. <laughs> Answer this question for me: Why do we still have the record scratch sound effect?
0: Because it's the greatest comedic device ever. But nobody listens to records anymore. I'll have you know, I'm staring right at my turntable. Thank you for proving me wrong. I'm one guy out of everybody in Long Island, but I'm like, yeah, like there's no 24-hour diners. There's the pizza is not great.
1: No, it's not great at
0: all. Uh, I'm just like, I, I miss pizza.
1: Yeah, pizza's not that great. The bagels are okay. It, it's I don't. Yeah, it's it, Long Island is what it wishes. It was uh, uh, New York without the traffic. Right. It's exactly what it is. It's just it, it's I don't know.
0: I didn't realize how much I missed the public transportation thing, because that's one thing is it's like. I didn't even own a car when I was still in Jersey, but mm-hmm. I knew that at any moment I can hop on a bus or a couple of buses to get to like the mall or a bar or something, which was perfect because then that way I didn't have to worry about driving home. But out here, it's like there may be one bus that like rides in this area and it goes nowhere important.
1: Right. You have to have a car on Long Island. Have to because you're not going anywhere.
0: It's like Long Island. Fuck pedestrians. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> if you're walking on a road, you got something to lose.
1: Is that the new slogan? Is that on a t-shirt?
0: <laughs> it should be. I don't know my listener base is in Long Island, but I'm pretty sure we lost most of them.
1: <laughs> well, screw them. They're Islander fans anyway.
0: I was just... Get out of my <laughs> head. School. Okay, because... Not for nothing, I was just about to say, you should be more upset than anybody, because not for nothing, that's the one thing I have out here that made me okay, because I remember going to a bar, again, I was hanging out with Eileen, and it was, I think, was this, two years ago during the playoff run, and of course, it's like the aisles were on, I guess I I was reacting to something that happened on the, something that was going on, they're like, oh, so, so, who's your team? It's like, oh, I'm a Devils fan, but, uh, you know, it's like, what do you feel about the Islanders? not really, it's like... What about the Rangers? Like, I fucking hate the Rangers. Like, and I got a free drink. Because it's like, at any given moment, I can walk into an Islanders-friendly bar, and like, as long as they know that you don't rep the Rangers, I'm good, and that's okay.
1: I am a diehard Ranger fan. But I'm I'm also reality-based. You know, I, I will say this. You uh, asked me today, like, look, I know that devil's not going to make the playoffs. I'm not going to rub it in too much. But... The Rangers, are they going to the Stanley Cup Finals? No. Anybody who thinks they are, stop smoking crack. They'll probably get out of the first round, maybe. I'm reality-based, and I'm okay with that. When the Rangers were in the Stanley Cup Finals against the Kings, I think it was like 2014, I was up for almost 20-some-odd hours, okay, from one reason to the other. I can't remember. And I was watching the Ranger game, and I was like, oh, my God, I don't care who wins. Just I just want to go to sleep. And I really didn't care. It was like game – I think it was like game six or game five where it was when the Rangers actually lost. And I was okay with it. I was like, thank God. I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> you know, where most people – where most iHeart fans, they would be crying for like three days. And I was like, look, I still got to go to work. Henrik Lundqvist gets to be Henrik Lundqvist. <laughs> Who's crying? Really? Come on.
0: Oh, no. He was definitely crying that, that last game.
1: <laughs> but, I, but I'm just saying, we say, we, fans take it so personally, and I'm like – he still gets to be hanged with Lundquist. He put his body on the line. These players put their bodies on the lines and we're sitting on our asses on the couch. Come on, reality reality people. You know? How much have we taken personally? Not much.
0: Well, what hair I have left? My hair is completely blown back because this is uh <laughs> this has been a very odd couple of years for me. I'm dating somebody who's a New Yorker, which you know, from being from Jersey is like just culture shock. Most of my friends that I found now are, like, super hockey fans. One is a diehard Lightning fan. I don't know if you follow Fred Ashley. She's been on the show a few times because, you know, she obviously reps St. Louis, also uh, Tampa Bay. Iceberg, right? Yep, Iceberg, exactly. Yes, okay, yes. Jersey and St. Louis practically share key personnel. And while they have Brodeur, like, those teams are forever linked. So, you know what? I, I rep St. Louis, too. But then it's like, I'm from Jersey. One of my good friends online, who I'm talking to right now, is a diehard Rangers fan, and just recently, another friend of mine who's a big Kuwait and Canberra fan is a Blackhawks fan, and it's like being from Jersey. This is blowing my mind because I'm like, in what world would this ever have happened?
1: <laughs> what that people are actually getting along that don't like other teams? I don't. I don't know.
0: Oh yeah, and she definitely. It's like, all right, so it's like, where are you from, like, Jersey? She laughs and it's like, all right, so do you support any teams? Uh, St. Louis and Minnesota. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the fact that the Blue Jackets are in the playoffs, I don't know what to make of the season. Like, what the hell?
1: You know what actually drives me crazy about that is that John Tortorella is their coach who actually destroyed the Rangers. Yeah. By playing their style. And I'm like, you're in the playoffs. I'm like, no. I'm like, if you win the Stanley Cup, I, uh, that, uh, I'll cry because I can't stand that guy. He completely destroyed the Rangers defense. I will say that wholeheartedly.
0: I'll never forget it. Um, Talking about that Stanley Cup run in 2014, every weekend coming back and forth between the LAR and Jersey Transit and being on like those Rangers drunk trains and just the legion of people screaming, you know, we want the cup and, you know, let's go. And they were so hyped. But it was like that scary height where it's like if they they could basically like smell that, you know, and actually one of those days I was wearing my devil's jersey. And normally <laughs> I would be like, you know what, I'm going to display this proudly. Nope. That day I slumped out of my seat and I zipped it right up because <laughs> I ain't getting jumped on this train. But I was also on that same train when they lost to the Kings. And part of me just had to put my headphones on a smile because I also remember when we played the Kings and got completely housed.
1: Yeah, it's that West Coast offense. It's it's crazy. It's too fast, and the East the Eastern Conference doesn't play that way. They try to adapt to it, and it, it just doesn't work. I don't know if it's something in the water. I don't. I don't know what it is. I don't know what they do, but it works. Much like when the Devils played the neutral zone trap. Which, by the way, thank God they got rid of the red line. <laughs> that's what I mean. Come on. The new show's own trap—you guys perfected it. I will give you—I'll give you credit, but god damn, was it annoying! <laughs> I'll give you credit where credits due, but I was like, "Summon a bitch."
0: <laughs> I will always congratulate you, by the way, for that awesome burn uh, the other day on Twitter, <laughs> where you, all you just sent to me was like, Nay say, bro Brodor," and I'm like, you know what? i've never had my own words come back to haunt me in that way but i'm like you know what we're gonna be okay
1: the the certain things i love about your podcast okay is your utter contempt for the new york rangers because you can never say new york rangers you have to go new york rangers it's that just it's almost like a vomit (laughs) And I love it because I know I know you're just you're you're, you're just a diehard Devils fan. And you're just a, you're you're a cool guy as well. So I'm like I love it. It makes me smile.
0: <laughs> yeah, but granted, this is just one of those weird breakthrough moments. Like, hopefully, uh, fans of both teams will listen to this. It's like okay, we're <laughs> bridging the gap. Like we're we're allowing the healing to begin.
1: <laughs> Adrian, it's just a podcast. It's not hands across America.
0: <laughs> Look, I mean, considering that. You guys haven't won since what ninety four? Four. And I mean, shit. I mean, we're not, at this point. Our last <laughs> victory started to get further and further away. But that was a great night because um, actually the finals were going on during my um, high school graduation, and that was at. Um, it was one of like the graduation parties, at, like one of the few friends that I had in high school that actually invited me out. That was basically one of those few moments where I realized I'm like, okay. I'm socially awkward, but then it's like, okay, I could possibly dance with this really awesome girl, or I could watch hockey, and I chose hockey, and I regret it. But at the same time, that was such a great Stanley Cup final that it didn't matter after a while. Well, until basically I tried to call her a lot, like you know, a while afterwards, and realized she wasn't going to respond anymore because, well, upstairs in like one of like the parlor rooms, there was a TV, and well, that's where I stayed for the most of the night. <laughs>
1: But you know what? Imagine if you actually hooked up with that girl, you wouldn't be with Eileen. See that everything works out the way it, you know it's supposed to work out.
0: You're right. And honestly, if Eileen weren't here, I wouldn't be doing the show because even if I started yeah. in some capacity, I would have probably long since given up. Because talking earlier before the show started about like how difficult podcasts can be, and there's always that moment where you're just saying to yourself, you know, I could be reading a book right now, but I love it.
1: Podcasting is awesome. I love that I found the medium. I discovered podcasting through uh, the Kevin Smith. I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. Love everything he does. I don't give a shit if it's you know yoga hosers or nothing like that. But just he's a big inspiration for me. And I think if anybody who got into podcasting, he's a major influence. I don't know if he's direct influence with you. But yeah, I mean, he's one of the, I would say he's one of the forefathers of podcasting.
0: Right. Like, it's weird, you know, being from Jersey, like Kevin Smith is kind of royalty to us. I know as of late, I go back and forth because Yoko Hosiers was like the first movie where I just was not I was not into it. Well,
1: it wasn't meant for you. Even he says he's like, yeah, it's meant for 16 year old girls. If you're not a 16 year old girl, well, there you go.
0: That's true, but I think he should have at least modified it and been like, okay, it's meant for 16 year old girls and stoners, and I watched that movie Stone Cold Sober, and I think that was my problem.
1: You know, whatever. People didn't like Jersey Girl. I can relate to Jersey Girl. When my wife was pregnant with my son, I watched that over and over again because having a baby, it's a life-changing experience. Not for nothing, when I first watched Jersey Girl the first time, I actually went to go see the movie theaters. I'm sorry, I cheered when they killed off J-Lo. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand her. But when I watched it when my wife was pregnant, I cried like a baby. Because, oh my God, this could happen. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I, it, it was a different perspective. And people don't like Jersey Girl. I happen to like it. Because it's a fa- what a father would do for their child. Or how he has to change his whole life for his child. You know, I can totally relate to that.
0: As I got older, I realized that Jersey Girl, like, you know, of course, when I first saw that, it was what, 2003 when that came out or 2004? I can't remember, but, you know, I was just out of high school and, you know, having a family or even being in that committed of some type of relationship was not even, like, a a, a thought for me. So at the Mm. time I saw it, I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. I mean, I didn't hate it in that same level a lot of people did, but not my favorite Kevin Smith movie. I personally thought that the story would have been cool if it were George Carlin's character taking care of Affleck's daughter because I feel like someone like Carlin that's, like, you know, obviously he has chosen a real life, but, you know, someone like him having, like, this child dropped off at his doorstep, who's family, but does, you know, he's blue-collar, He's not exactly like the most nurturing. I thought, you know, that would be some interesting like comedic bits, but I don't know. It that wasn't my favorite, but at the same time I get it and I think with a little bit of age and a little perspective, I kind of get what Smith was going for.
1: Sure. I mean, he grew up. That's the whole point. It's like you can't how many times can you do dick and fart jokes and Stoner jokes to where it's like Like he even said of himself, he's like, How many times can I do this without being totally sure? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? After a while, weasel whole thing, it it kind of dies. You have to actually evolve, you have to become something else. And Kevin Smith has done that numerous times. And now he's going back to the well with the reboot, and he's just he's playing with all these different toys, and man. You know, it's it's amazing what he's actually done, and he's made himself more probably more relevant than he is than he was uh, when he made Mall Rats and you know Jane, Silent Bob, and stuff like that. I think he's more relevant than ever.
0: As of this week or last week, uh, Chasing Amy's twenty years old, and I mean some of the personal politics of that movie maybe don't age well, I guess, you know, in the landscape. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, he's always admitted that his view was very myopic, and that was kind of the point of the movie where he realized he was someone who lived a relatively sheltered life, you know, in Jersey, and he hadn't really seen much of the world. Which is funny, because that whole movie, obviously, as you know, was a metaphor, or at least uh, kind of him retelling the story of his relationship with Joy Lauren Adams. Yes. So I get what he was saying, and it wasn't necessarily meant to be like this... You know, discussion of the culture, but it obviously came from someone who didn't really know what the hell he was talking about. But, you know, going back to your point about podcasting, Kevin Smith was the person who, at least on the popular end of it, where it's like, okay, here's a guy who, you know, kind of came up and not too much different from you and I, you know, being from somewhat humble beginnings. And I don't mean this as a a dig at him, but kind of like stumbled his way into fame. You know, it's like a series of some very good breaks that allowed him to do what he did. I don't know if you've heard of them, Big Kev's Geek Stuff. They're out of Jersey also, but they're, uh, you know, geek culture podcasts. But they're more of like the collectibles side of things, like vinyl toys and figures and things like that. But they also cover, you know, comic book news and movies and sci-fi, so on and so forth. That was probably my direct influence, only because at that point, I hadn't even listened to Smodcast yet, because Smodcast actually happened after Geek Stuff. Back in 2006, 2005, into 2006, I used to work at a comic book store that's long since been closed, and on slow days, much like in the way of clerks, my boss and I would pretty much lock the store, and we'd go hang out at the mall.
1: So you went from clerks to mall rats in a matter of a day?
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Again, that's why those movies are so near and dear to my heart, because that was my entire life. And there was this guy, he used to work at a Suncoast uh, named Matt, and um, which, of course, remember Suncoast. And, you know, we got to talking to him, and he became really cool. And one day, he hands me a card. He's like, hey, I do this podcast. And I'm like, well, what the hell's a podcast? And he's like, yeah, I do this thing called geek stuff. We just talk about geek culture and stuff like that. Basically what we're doing. So... I used to listen to a show while I was driving up to Wanakew, because I used to go to Pasey County Community College. And the ride, it was almost like an hour-long ride, because it was nowhere close. But on those rides, I would listen to their show. And it was cool, because it reminded me of, you know, the stuff that me and my friends were talked about. And it was cool, because I'm like, wait, this is a thing you can do? And honestly, it's like, I had always had the idea to do it, but... I was like, you know, you got to probably be, like, for, you know, broadcasting school. You got to do this and that. Like, you know, that's not something you can really pick up. But it wasn't until, you know, maybe a couple years after that where it's like, wait a minute. This is a a possibility to get a microphone, get some editing software, and then just go for it. And to tell you the truth, like I've said a few times on the show, like, I owe so much of my life to this format because it's allowed Mm. me to do something that I wouldn't have done normally.
1: Right. It's a crazy, crazy world. You know, you just have to have the balls just to do it. It can be very overwhelming just to take that first step. And no matter what you do, it could be podcasts, it could be 3D animation, it could be uh, uh, making a comic book. When I listen to your podcast, and trust me, I listen to almost every single episode, the people who actually you put on inspire me to do what I do. You know, they don't know me from Adam and I don't know them, but just like, oh my God, they did it you know, Kevin Smith did it. He actually made a movie for, I think it was like, I don't know how many thousands of dollars. I forget the exact amount, but just going out and doing it. It's a very ballsy thing. You know, I didn't have that growing up. My parents, it was, you got out of high school, you got married, you had kids, you know, which I kind of think was like back in the day, you know, they used to have a thing called midlife crisis, Mm -hmm. you know, where people in their 40s were buying that, you know, really fancy car or dating that 20-year-old. They were kind of actually getting back their 20s that you didn't have because all you did was high school, if you graduated, marriage, kids. You know what I'm saying? You didn't grow. And now that's kind of a thing of the past in midlife crisis kind of kind of age where people now, you know, kids now are high school, college, finding out what you want to do, you know, discovering yourself and You found podcasting, I found 3D animation and we fell in love with these things. And you're like, this is what we want. You know, now it's our turn to actually make that grow and make a living off of it. God hoping. Right. But yeah, it's 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 a great time to to do certain things because, you know, the Internet, it's a great tool. You know, it's not just porn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, are you sure? Um, I've heard this rumor, but I've never confirmed for myself.
1: <laughs> from what I understand, it's only thirty-seven percent.
0: Okay, in a <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> That is gold. Oh my gosh, that is such a sound bite. <laughs> you know what the worst part is? That's how you know you're a Kevin because you hear that number, and regardless of the context, in whether you say it out loud or in your head, you just have to go in a row.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's that's what we grew up on. It's it's crazy. Um, yeah, Kevin Smith is he's he's a major influence in me. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. My wife was going back to work. I was on a uh, workman's comp. I had gotten injured at my job. So I was out of work for a whole year. And it just so happened that I was present with a baby now. I'd never been a father before. I had no idea what the hell I'm doing. I'm freaking out. And it just dawned on me one day. I'm re- actually reading Kevin Smith's book because what else am I going to do? And it, the way he was presenting stuff, he's like, just go do it. Just go do it. And he was talking about making a podcast, you know? Just go do it. Just go do it. And I kind of brought to myself to do my 3D animation. You know, there's no stopping me. I'm actually doing the hardest thing anybody can actually do is raise a child. Yeah. It's the hardest job. I don't give a, people might say, oh, I have the hardest job. I have the most danger. No. Taking care of another human being. I have a wife. We're split thing, you know, everything 50, 50, and I'm happy to have her in my life. But we're responsible for this child to nurture, to teach, you know, right from wrong, bad from good, whatever. That's the hardest job. And I'm like, if I can do the hardest job, I can certainly do 3D animation. You know, it was a big inspiration for me. And sometimes, you know, the weirdest things makes makes you, uh, the, the lights uh, go off one day.
0: Right. And, you uh, know, I'll... Him at least as much as, you know, I met my best friend in high school through Kevin Smith. This one throwaway line from Mallrats. There was a crowded lunch table, and people don't know how to move over when someone gets in. So, of course, I've got, like, this tray of food in my hand, and I kind of shoved this random kid in my way, and I basically just yelled, one side, Red, and <laughs> nobody got it, and except this one kid out of anybody is cracking up, like, Red Face. And I was like, oh, shoot, I didn't realize you are a Mallrats fan, too. It's like, yeah, it's my favorite movies, and... The rest is history. You mentioned something that I think, like I said, well, to you, 3D animation, me, podcasting, and comics, whatever it is you're doing, Mm -hmm. you know, that idea of, you know, just going out and doing it is such a simple concept. But I swear to God that starting is probably the hardest part because I, in and of myself, On a weekly basis, I still psych myself out Mm -hmm. where it's like, is this worth it? Because I'm like, this isn't what anybody else really goes. I mean, I shouldn't say anybody else, but this isn't something that, you know, the average person goes after. I know there's maybe a little bit of a generation gap, but yet, you know, even when I was coming up, that's something we were told. It's like, you know, you get, you know, you go to school, go to college, you know, you hopefully get a good job and you raise a family. And then, you know, you, you hope that when you leave this earth that, you know, you did some good and you hope for the best. Right. And as much as they try to tell us that, you know, follow your dreams, do what you want to do, but don't do that, <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. You kind of look at your parents, you're like, I, I, I believe your dad was a cop, if I remember right. correctly, right? Like I said, I listened to your podcast. I'm not saying my parents didn't do anything, but I didn't see with my own two eyes. It was always before I was born, like, okay, they did this. Okay. You know, it, it, I didn't see the the the, the process of the struggle of, you know, working very hard to get this final goal. But we had Kevin Smith. We were like, this guy was just one of us from Jersey. You know, a slept from Jersey. He had no connections in Hollywood, nothing. And all he did, he's like, I'm a filmmaker and I made film Clerks and it changed everything. There's certain things that I'm doing right now that I'm 38 years old. You know, I'm not going to make it to Pixar. I know that. I'm not going to make it the DreamWorks. I know that. You know, it's OK. The fantasy will be my fantasy, and that's that's where it lies. But I can make my own studio. I can make my own animation. And hopefully one day I have this big idea of doing a 3D animation web series. It's kind of hush-hush right now. I can't explain the details. But, um, yeah, it's in a very, very pre-production dynamic right now. OK. But I have to believe in myself for others to believe in me. You know what I'm saying?
0: right. You have to, because if you don't believe in it, no one else is either. The frightening part: a lot of people are doing something similar. So you're saying to yourself, "What separates me from anybody else?" You know, the difference is that drive, that that feeling. Like you said, you obviously have a day job. You take care of your family. You know, your wife and your kid. But then it's like when you have the ability, you know, you work at your craft. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My podcast, I, I know for a fact, it's not number one on iTunes. I'm not touring, like I said, a Kevin Smith or like a Nerdist or anybody like that. But yet, you know, we treat this like we would any job. You know, you kind of clock in, you clock out. And, you know, hopefully at the end of the day, you make a good product because it's that consistency and that work ethic that's going to keep it going.
1: I understand you're coming from, that it's not a Nerdist and it's not a Kevin Smith. But Adrian, you're knocking on the door of 100 episodes. That's incredible. And what you've done, you've gone to conventions, and you've interviewed people that I would never have thought of interviewing. There was an Irish girl. I can't think of her name off the top of my head. Like I said.
0: Oh, uh, Leanne Hamilton. It
1: was 10 minutes. And I'm like, I want more. You know what I'm saying? You do things. You, you're in, in your own little way. You're a trailblazer. You know, There might be other podcasts that do the same thing as you do, but you're like, I'll go to New York Comic Con. I'll interview this guy. I'll interview this guy. You're the up and comer of the indie comics. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, yeah, they, they might get this big get from like uh, Jim Lee or Stan Lee or Kevin Smith or all like that. He's like, yeah, I'm getting the young guys, the hungry people. You know, they're coming up with me. That's something to be admired, dude. You know, don't sell yourself short.
0: I mean, thanks for saying that, you know, it's hard to hear only because it's like, you know, I don't think of it that way. I was just sort of like, you know, this is just what I do. And believe me, I'm the the least, um, you know, well, in that case, you know, obviously my music I get very arrogant about. But here it's just kind of like, you know, I'm just doing my thing. And hopefully that, you know, someone notices and it's entertained by it mm-hmm. every week. There's always that moment where I'm just kind of like. I have to kind of get over my own bullshit because, Mm -hmm. like I said, when you do something and you do it enough, there's always that moment where you're just kind of like, ah, I don't know if this will work. I don't know if this will work out. And like I said, Eileen, who's, you know, my producer and other people, they're literally just like, just Go do it. Email that person. Go walk up to that person at, you know, the convention. Just go and do it. Yeah. If that person says no, then it's like, look, you at least tried. Maybe, hopefully, in the future, they'll put your name out there. Like, matter of fact, um, I probably shouldn't say the name, but I was at a convention, and there was a person pretty popular who was doing a signing. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, it'd be really cool to go talk to that person. I'll just go up and hand him a card. But then I realized, like, their rep was there, you know, their manager. So I'm like, you know what? Let's do this this way. You know, talk to the manager and basically be like, hi, this is who I am. This is what my show's about. I would love to have your client on the show. And, you know, he took the card and he's like, thank you for your time. And, you know, I'll look it over and I'll hit you up. And I walked away, you know, we shook hands and I, I didn't hear from him. And I figured, you know what? That was kind of a long shot, but you know what? I at least tried. Right. And sure enough, you know, the next year that same person was at the show again the 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 same manager and i was like oh hey how's it going i was like hey how are you adrian i remember you had the the podcast with her as issues like yeah you remember right and still nothing really came of it but you know what at least try because you know like i said if you don't try and this is something that the lovely alien always tells me who's probably looking at me right now because she's staring (laughs) me down hey love (laughs) But if you don't try it, nothing is going to get done. Right. You know, if we fail and, you know, like I said, with your studio thing, maybe you might not be at Pixar or like DreamWorks or what's the other company that's coming out now. But you know what? You know, you can have your own studio in your own right. Like you never know. Right. Right. But once we kind of get over it, the sky's the limit. I
1: had a crisis of creativity, lack of better term, last week. I overthink things all the time. Mm -hmm. I think about like... I'm going on your show and I'm like, what am I going to talk about? You know, he's going to interview me. He's going to do this. And I'm like, shut up. (laughs) You're driving yourself freaking crazy. You know, Adrian's not thinking about this. Why are you? You know, like I said, I I DM'd you on on Twitter. I said, look, I just hope I'm a good guest because that's all I can be. I'm not that funny. I mean, I'm witty. I'll give you that. But I'm not funny. I don't, you know, do impressions. I don't, I'm just me. That's it. And sometimes I think that's not enough. But I'm like, I hope I'm a good guest. That's it. That's what I want to do for all right. That's what I want to do for your podcast. Right. I'm a guest. I should be good. There's three people I, I want to make proud. One, my son, number two, my wife. And number three, my mom. I'm sorry, I get I whenever I mention her, I kind of get choked up a little bit. I'm going up to the one year I um my mom died.
0: I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that, sir.
1: No, no, it's it's okay. Those are three people I want to make, I really want to make proud. And if I can follow my dreams and just taking that one shot, I'm going to do it.
0: I think you have a knack. Like I said, even if you are just, you know, like the perpetual guest you know what it's a it's a good role and like i said i really enjoyed your stuff on mr bs show and again you're great on dave and that's why i didn't want you to be freaked out because i'm like look we're just here having a good time you know totally no pressure mm-hmm. whatever you want to talk about whatever you don't want to talk about you know that's the whole point we just want to just have a good time oh
1: absolutely and i, I i'm having a great time i don't want it to end i mean <laughs> if you're gonna throw me off you know it's your show but and i'm like can we do this for like two hours maybe <laughs>
0: Can we talk about Tom Cruise again? Can we, can we rewind? <laughs> I mean, do you want to talk about Tom Cruise again? We could. don't Let's talk about Tom Cruise. How much he sucks. Uh, I mean, see, that's... like not for nothing, no. Like, he, yes, he does suck. Well, okay. Like, at least the <laughs> I the not... person you just said sucked. <laughs> Outside of Mission Impossible, I can't remember the last Tom Cruise movie that I like legit enjoyed. But that's maybe just me. I don't know. Like, I, you know what it is? I'm super hyper opinionated. And when I fight against my nature, is when I get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I think Eileen's I'm laughing the- at me in the background over here. I hope that got into the mix. I'm going <laughs> to put her on blast. Hi, Eileen.
1: Yeah. Hi. <laughs> that's another thing about your show. Whenever she goes on, I smile because you guys have great chemistry.
0: Oh, thank you. And I get yelled at now because people are like, put her on more. Put Eileen on. I don't want to hear you. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> like, I kid you not, we have a mutual friend. And I mean, obviously, he did it jokingly. But um, a mutual friend. Um, Actually, uh, Jeff Ryder, who's been on the show, um, we were at a, a networking event. And I had shown up and Eileen was coming to like the second night of it. So I say hi to him. And the first things out of his mouth were, oh, where's Eileen? It's like, oh, she didn't come, and he like pretends to walk away, and I'm like, I feel like that is essentially what's happening because now that Eileen is, you know, cemented into the show, and like I said, she keeps this thing running. Thanks for saying that, but she's she's cracking up back here because she heard what I said about being hyper opinionated, and just completely just broke down.
1: She knows you, man. She will sell you off, man, really, really fast. That's what a good woman does,
0: right? She's not putting up with my bullshit.
1: No. My wife does the same thing. I think that's why I smile. I'm like, you guys have such great chemistry that you, might me, me and my wife, <laughs> and it's just that kind of thing where you're like, yeah, they got it. You know, it's just it's <laughs> it's, it's it's instant. I could definitely tell. Not that I'm alluding to anything like you know you guys got to get married or like that, but just
0: yeah. Well, it's definitely gonna happen, and I guess at some point though, we'll probably end up doing some sort of podcast about that. It's your deal.
1: I mean, hell, my wife and I, we eloped. So, our wedding was $75. There doesn't have to be this big ass freaking party and shit like that. And that's I, think, I think that's just ridiculous. Go to a freaking, you know, if you guys want to get married, get freaking, you know. It doesn't have to be a big hoopla and shit.
0: Right. I, I think the hardest part is going to be we almost at this point we're probably gonna end up throwing like two different weddings like they'll be like the normal one for like direct friends and family and then there's basically the one where it's just gonna be a bunch of our friends or like cousins or whatever we, you know we'll get some booze and some music let's just party
1: yeah there's so much pressure when it comes to you know having a wedding and i say to my wife every so often i was like do you miss having the big wedding you know that i rob you something she's like no i'd rather have a marriage and i was like oh I don't feel like so much of a loser.
0: Thanks. <laughs> you know, or oh, did you do like the Homer Simpson uh, onion ring thing?
1: <laughs> oh, dude, come on! I'm better than that. I got, I Jeez, got, like, go I just got right. a ring pop. You got a ring pop. <laughs> <laughs> Take it out of my ass. Here, would you? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to go Deadpool on that. That's such a great. That was movie.
0: a that was a great reference.
1: <laughs> such a great movie.
0: Mike, thanks, man. Thanks so much for hanging out. This was a, a really good time. And, you know, as, like I said, you had nothing to worry about. Like, you know, like I said, we'll be good. Said, and we've talked enough that I, and we kind of know where each other where we come from. So, again, I'm so glad we finally got the chance to do this.
1: Adrian, thank you so much, dude. I, I had a blast. Um, I definitely hope we can do this again very soon.
0: Awesome. Well, before you go, please tell everybody where they can find you and, you know, some of your stuff online. If anything else you feel like sharing.
1: You can usually find me on Twitter. Um, that's usually my my uh my headquarters i love twitter very very much i am that cg guy 79 and i go by the same name on instagram uh, my website will be coming soon i just got to find time in the day to actually do it and you could find my friends on the mr bs show there are a great bunch of guys listen to the podcast you'll laugh your ass off um, I just want to actually promote one more thing. Sure. In August, they're having this um, this get together of podcasts, and it's called Why Not Con. Um, they had it last year; it was in Vegas. Um, I'm not exactly sure the dates. I think it's in sup- the early September, and this year it's going to be in Colorado. So, um, yeah, if you guys have a uh, have a podcast, you know, it's a whole big weekend, and um, from what I hear, it's a lot of fun. I couldn't go, but. My friends are a lot of fun, and I encourage everyone just to, uh, you know, just to see what it's all about. It sounds like a really good time.
0: Awesome, man. And again, thank you so much. And, well, for everybody else, you'll hear all of my information after the Nifty Ending theme. So that'll do it for this episode of Adrian Has Issues, and we will see you next issue.
1: Thank you for listening to Adrian Has Issues. Please be sure to visit adrianhasissues.com to stream or download our other great episodes.
0: Like us on Facebook at Adrian Has Issues, on Instagram at Adrian Has Issues Pod, and follow us on Twitter at Adrian Has Issues.
1: You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and on the Satchel Podcast app available on iOS and Android. Adrian Has Issues is a proud member of the Nerdsloth Network, home to such great podcasts as Nerds on Tap, Cinefreak Critique, and Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom. Visit them at nerdsloth.com.